From the capital of the Finger Lakes, Geneva, New York, it's the Geneva Believer Show. Unfiltered, unflinching, independent news, interviews, investigative reporting and analysis that you won't hear anywhere else. And now, here's your host of the Geneva Believer Show, Jim Meany. Hello, Believers, and welcome to another episode of the Geneva Believer Show. We'll be doing a wrap-up today of the March 7, 2018 City Council meeting, so check it out. of the Geneva Believer Show, coming to you live from beautiful Ward 6 in the city of Geneva. So today I don't have a guest on the show for the first time. I'm going to give this a whirl. Today I'm going to be doing a breakdown of the last Geneva City Council meeting on March 7, 2018. So the first thing I want to do is encourage everyone to go to the city website and click on the uh, get, get to the city council page and you'll see um, where you can find the videos of the uh, past uh, city council meetings, including this one. I'm doing a breakdown. It's gonna. This is going to be about a 45-minute podcast, but the council meeting is far longer than that, so I'm going to encourage everyone to track down the uh, video for every city council meeting. If you can't attend and you can't watch it live, I encourage everyone to then watch it on TV. If you can't watch it on TV, you can find it online. It's important that you get a uh, full-on view of what's going on in the city, not just uh, not just a, a quick summary of some of the bigger things that happened during the meeting, which is what I'm about to give you. Um, so check it out. Here we go. Unfiltered, unflinching, independent news and views. This is the Geneva Believer Show. So the meeting opened and uh, Sage Gerling, one of the acting city managers, gave the uh, monthly um, foundry remediation update. A lot of stuff about the what the DEC has planned, a lot of stuff about what they've finished up for uh, last year, 2017, into early 2018. They've, the, I think one of the bigger pieces of information is that the DEC sent out no further action letters to 21 properties, owners of 21 properties. So that means that they were able to remediate 21 properties last year uh, with an estimated 220 properties total. Uh, it could take another 10 years if they go at this rate, but they're expected to do more properties next year. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that and see exactly how many are going to be done. So go to the city website and read the entire Foundry update, not only this month, but every month, uh, and keep uh, keep up with what's going on there. After Sage completed the Foundry update, there were uh, two public hearings uh, related to uh, energy improvement and uh, how the city finances, how it gets its energy. Um, more, again, these are things that I encourage you to go to the website, city's website, um, look for information on it. 
and get a fuller understanding of the things that are going on. It's sometimes things that happen at city council meetings aren't things that are easy to wrap your head around. Some of them are kind of wonky and the, and some of them, some of it's just specific policy things that just may not be that interesting to the average Genevan, but, but these are all things that, that make the city go. So next, um, something that's a, a routine piece of the agenda each month is the uh, approval of the meeting minutes from the previous month's city council meeting. Uh, one rule of, of this uh, consideration of meeting minutes, this voting on the meeting minutes is if a counselor wasn't there for the meeting, then they do not vote on whether to approve the minutes because obviously they weren't there and they wouldn't be able to read the minutes and say whether the minutes are an accurate reflection of what happened during the meeting. So here's uh, here's the mayor with the uh, the vote on the prior month's meeting minutes. Uh, in your packet, uh, council, we have uh, meeting minutes, and I'll do these separately because I know some councilors weren't here for both. Uh, the February 7th regular city council meeting, I need a motion. Council Reddington, second. Council Valentino, any questions? Clerk, call a roll. Okay, so Councilor Grieco understands that when he didn't attend the previous month's city council meeting, he needs to abstain from voting on whether to approve those minutes. So he he understands the concept of abstaining from a vote, which reminds me, let's go back to the December city council meeting when city council voted to, when the city agreed to sell an empty parcel to Sons of Italy. And as you hopefully read in the Geneva Believer uh, recently on the blog, that Paul D'Amico and John Grieco are both members of the Sons of Italy. So let's go back to uh, the December council meeting. Uh, next item is a resolution authorizing the sale of public property at 39 North Exchange Street. Matt? Uh, the the property which we saw at the beginning of the council meetings on the corner of North Exchange and Prospect, uh, the proposal is to sell it to the Sons of Italy for two hundred fifty dollars. Wow, two hundred fifty dollars. That's how? Can, why, why would they be selling it at that low of a price, Matt Horn? So that's a low number for. Yeah, it is. A property sale. I'll note that the Sons of Italy have, uh, as part of this agreement. Um, are are taking responsibility for replacement of the sidewalk. The sidewalk was torn out more than a year prior to this city council meeting. And the ordinance in the city of Geneva is that you can't sell a piece of property unless the sidewalk is fixed. So this would mean that the city ignored their own rules and sold the property to the sons of Italy and cut a deal with them. So the sons of Italy could fix the sidewalk. But if, Anyone out there listening to this owned a, a property, a, a home in the, in the city, and they wanted to sell it or any parcel, they would have to replace the sidewalk first before being allowed to sell it. Uh, which was about a $2,000 item, which put it on par with what we would have offered this property for. The motion. Councilor Rico seconds. Discussion? Clerk, call the roll. Oh, no discussion at all. No one stops to ask about the sale. No one seems to question the Sons of Italy, why they, why the Sons of Italy is buying it without with, with this sidewalk deal. None of these counselors know the sidewalk ordinance. None of them want to discuss it. There's nothing to discuss. 
All the, all they all know what the sidewalk ordinance is. If they don't own houses, they have dealt with the sidewalk ordinance. Some of them helped pass the sidewalk ordinance. So why is there no discussion? There's not a single city councilor sitting there who's going to ask, well, why didn't we follow the sidewalk ordinance? Or maybe they already know the answer. I don't know. Or maybe they're uh, distracted or thinking of other things. So let's listen to the vote. Okay, Paul D'Amico, former financial secretary at Sons of Italy, and now a member of the Sons of Italy. He votes aye. Councilor Grieco, aye. 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 Don't know what a conflict of interest is. Aye. Don't know what the definition of a conflict of interest is. <laughs> uh, and you know, it's not, it's not about this specific vote. It's not about whether Grieco or D'Amico had any influence over the sale or the deal that was made or anything like that. It's the fact that they so easily sat there and voted. Not what, Neither of them stopped to think, well, I'm a member of this fraternal group. I've been in the leadership of this fraternal group. The, this is going to get approved anyway. I should sit this one out. I should just say I'm going to abstain because I'm a member of the Sons of Italy. Why would that not enter anyone's mind? Well, I know why it doesn't enter, enter either of their minds is because there's a there's a culture. That's the culture around our city government and around city council. And it, it's changing and it has changed in the past few years. But it's a it's a culture that in this city where favors are done or if something looks like a conflict of interest, you don't look at it. You don't you don't stop and point it out. You kind of chalk it up to living in a city of 13000 people and everybody knows somebody. But it's it's not that simple it's a it's a culture of not caring that you're appearing to act in ways that are a conflict or in ways that are shady and it's it's just widely accepted within the culture of our city government and within the culture of city council and and matt horn was certainly a part of that as well maybe not when he first started but he certainly was when he ended as city manager geneva believer is on the air so next up was correspondence, and the city clerk reported that on February 23, 2018, a notice of claim was filed by Isaiah Grady. Claimant is alleging that on October 16, 2015, he was deprived of constitutional rights by the city of Geneva. If anybody out there listening, any of the believers know anything about this notice of claim, uh, feel free to contact Geneva Believer. Go to the blog, click on contact, go to our Facebook page, send a message. Uh, public comment was next, and then the meeting moved into a resolution related to 29 Linden Street. Uh, as some of you may know, uh, 29 Linden Street was a property that was in, had in major disrepair. It was purchased by Calvin Ruthven a few years ago, and Calvin came to the city with a plan to allow him to, uh, because the, the property was so in such 
bad condition that it was uh, cost prohibitive for him to save the building, even though it's in the middle of, it's right on Linden Street, it's in a historic district, right next to the loading dock for super casuals. So the city, a while back, gave Calvin Ruthman permission to go through with this project. He didn't go through with it. Uh, the property has deteriorated. He managed to take off, uh, he got the roof off and the second floor and but the walls are crumbling. It's a it's an unsafe structure right now. And uh, after uh, the city spent considerable time asking him to to complete the projects or make it safer, he came to city council and said that he didn't have the funding and, and he couldn't follow through with his project, and that the only option was to demolish the building. So in February, the city council agreed to look at the issue again in March. And discuss the uh, the plan to demolish. Then, in the past month, the city was contacted by the business improvement district board, who recommended that the facade remain, the facade be saved. And apparently, there was a lot. There's been some uh, it's been some public support for the idea as well. So this month, the resolution was to was to give Calvin Ruthven more time to come up with other plans and to work with people in the community for other possible. Uh, plans for the building rather than complete demolition of the structure. So one of the acting city managers, Sage Girling, gave an overview of the resolution and then discussion started with Paul D'Amico. So just to be clear, the, the demolition has been approved I know at the last meeting. Okay, so Paul starts out, Paul starts out saying, okay, the demolition was approved at the last meeting. So Paul's under the impression that the demolition was approved at the last meeting. Calvin worked with John. Calvin worked with John. We all got a copy of what the demolition It has not. We all got a copy of what the demolition was. And then Sage jumps in and tells him that he's mistaken. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, not been, it's not been approved yet. It's just... Paul's incredulous. It's not been approved. It's it's not. It has not. Yeah, it, it's not. Been, it's not. It's not been approved. I was, I was at the meeting last month, and we approved it. I'm surprised by this. The demolition was approved. He started out by saying the demolition was approved. Approved yet? It's just in the works to be able to have a plan to present to you, to you all to decide. You know, as I so recall, the plan wasn't finalized. Well, Ah, Mayor Alcock jumps in to help clarify to Paul that it, was, it wasn't finalized. You're mistaken, Paul. The plan wasn't finalized. Well, the plan wasn't finalized, no. But... Oh, well, no, the plan wasn't finalized, no. Paul, Paul, you just, you just said that the plan, well, you just insisted the plan was finalized. So Sage told you the plan wasn't finalized. The mayor told you the plan wasn't finalized. And then you... Just say, oh, 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 of course, it's not finalized yet. As I recall, the plan wasn't finalized. Well, the plan wasn't finalized, no. But... You know, sometimes politicians can, can flip-flop. Sometimes they change their mind about, about certain issues. This is the quickest flip of, but this isn't, even a, this, this isn't even a situation where he's flipping over an issue. He's making a statement about where, what he believes, and then acts like he knew it all along within 15 seconds. Correct. I mean, it's still in, the work, in progress right now. Okay, yeah. Um, okay, and... Okay. So Paul's got to regroup now. 
say, oh, Jesus Christ. That was, oh, I was going to, I was going to complain. I was going to take the next 10 minutes to complain that it was already approved. They tell me it's not approved. Okay. I said I knew it wasn't approved, but. One last meeting that said by next council meeting, March 7th, it would be a plan presented. Correct. And, so and tonight, would you be considering the presented plan? or? We no, you're not. Have you read the resolution? You're reading, you read the resolution, right? You know what the answer already is. Why are you, why are you playing the game with this? Just ask the question or just say what you know. Now you're, you're going to pretend that you don't know? Oh, we're not doing that now. We're just extending time, is that what you're We're extending time for two reasons. One, okay. progress has been made on finalizing those plans, but at the same time, on a parallel path, alternatives are being pursued. Okay, and the alternatives being pursued were conveyed to the city council and what manner? They happen between the last meeting and this one. And you already know what the answer is, that you didn't get these. So why are you putting Sage Girling on the spot? She's a, an acting city manager. She's got a, a lot on her plate right now, Paul. So you're going you're gonna to berate her in front of the city. That's what you're going to do, berate Sage Girling in front of the city, in front of city council, because you don't think you were informed. There's no, nobody else seems too broken up about it, although we'll find out if anyone else has the same complaint as you. Maybe you should take a step back and realize that you don't have a full-time city manager right now and maybe not everything is going to go as perfectly as you want to and i cannot imagine paul ever sitting there and berating matt horn in a situation like this they haven't been yet so they're just be, they're being explored so right uh, i kind of saw the paper i saw the newspaper said that the result of the plans and i'm thinking what are they okay well why don't you ask what are the plans why are you talking about your experience of sitting down and reading the newspaper and how shocked you were to find out that so, that something changed about this? Right. Uh, well, something that was put to the city and now you're going to interrupt. Now, now Sage is trying to answer you, and you're going to interrupt her every time she talks. Let's see how many times. Let's see how many times Paul interrupts Sage when she tries to respond to him. Let's let's count. To the city council and what man. They haven't been yet, so they're just be—they're being explored. So right I, I kind of saw the paper. Okay, there's once. I saw the newspaper said that the results of the plans, and I'm thinking, what are they? Great. Right. Uh, well, something that was okay. Let's inter interrupt her again. Is that? Okay, let's see. No, let's let's go back to the beginning. Let's see how many times Paul interrupts Sage while he's while he's having this tantrum. At the last meeting, Calvin worked with John. We all got a copy of what the demolition. It has not was. yet. It, it's, not been, it's not been approved yet. It's just in the works to be able to have a plan to present to you to you all to decide. Yeah, as I so recall, the plan wasn't finalized. Correct. Well, the plan wasn't finalized. No, but correct. I mean, it's still in it, the work in progress right now. Okay. Yeah. Um, Okay, and from last meeting that said by next council meeting, we're not doing that now. We're just extending time, is that what you're We're extending time for two reasons. One, okay. progress has been made on finalizing those plans, but at the same time, on a parallel path, alternatives are being pursued. Okay, and the alternatives being pursued were conveyed to the city council and what manner? They haven't been yet, so they're just be, they're being explored. So right uh, now. I kind of saw the paper. So That's one. The newspaper said that the result of the plans, and I'm thinking, what are they? Great. Right. Uh, 
Well, something that was. There's a second time. To the city, and they're still not being communicated yet. Not, not fully actualized. One thing pursued is whether a deck go on the uh, for the first floor. Um, to allow the structure to kind of remain as it is, but be weatherized. Um, and then we're asking for other options for uh, being able to preserve the facade, but no concrete how to do right. that has been brought forward. Yeah, I'd like to see something there. Oh, he'd like to see something. He'd like to see something there. And by the way, I would also call that interrupting her because she was still, she, she was trailing off. She wasn't done talking yet. So we interrupted her three times so far. We're asking, um, so what do you mean? Who do you mean we? Those are all very good questions. So <laughs> Calvin is pursuing one of the options, and uh, the business improvement district put forward a letter saying we would love to see the facade remained. And um, I. And these are all. This is all reasonable. Why is it such a? What, what was he? Why is he so anxious to demolish this building? Kind of charging back out there if community members want to participate in that effort um that is something that calvin is open to in terms of contributions to help save the facade well i just think it'd be a, a good idea for for me as a counselor to know that that's going on <sighs> hey, you know what you could do as a counselor you could contact sage or adam or doris and you could contact someone and say what's going on with this if you read it in the paper and you're surprised contact someone I, I, did you really read in the paper what was in your packet when do you guys get your packet you must have had your packet you knew that this was going to be the vote and then you then you then you ask these leading sarcastic questions you inter, interrupt sage multiple times three times and just complain and complain because nobody's giving you the information and nobody's why don't you go find the information it's the same thing that Paul did when he wanted to. He wanted to, to show that he was open and, and he could his constituents could reach out to him. So he made himself available by scheduling. Uh, Paul D'Amico was scheduling conference calls where he would say on a Tuesday night at seven o'clock, if you have questions for me, call me. Not going to leave his house. Not going to put on shoes. He's going to sit in a chair or on a couch or maybe he'll even lay down and get comfortable. I don't know. Maybe he'll lay on the floor. Maybe it, maybe it feels good for him to lay on the floor. I mean, he's, I, I don't know. Throw a pillow on the floor. Maybe he's got a hammock. Maybe he could lay in his hammock at 7 o'clock or whatever time on a Tuesday night and tell his constituents to call him. He's not going to reach out to anyone. He's not going to go out to events, and he's not going to try to find out what's going on with people or, or anything like that. He's not going to be involved. He's going to sit and wait for you to let him know what's going on. And that, he does the same thing as a city councilor. He sits back and waits for people to give him the information. Pick up the phone and call somebody, Paul, if you don't know what's going on. Because, yeah, because, you know, I, I expected that we're going to vote on the demolition and go from there as far as uh, uh, putting something there. Right. And one alternative, you, you don't have to accept the resolution. You could change it and say, I want to see a demolition plan by this X date. And if not, um, then we can move forward as we see fit as a well, city. So. Yeah. That's what you can do as a city councilor. Say, I don't like this resolution. I'd like to propose an amendment to change a resolution to this. Yeah, that's what you can do, Paul. Did you know that? Or you can just vote no to the resolution. You have a lot of options other than sitting there and wasting three or four minutes of everyone's time while you bully Sage Girling. You don't have to my, my stick with recommendations. And you can talk over some more. So that's four times you're interrupting her. Just keep talking over her, Paul. 
I, God bless Sage sitting there and dealing with this. My expectation was to vote on demolition and not knowing that there were alternate suggestions or plans, then this is not a good time to be talking about. Probably sometime in between last meeting and today would have been a good time to convey that. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. Well, then, then a few minutes went by, and a couple other counselors talked about the issue and uh, uh, chime in. Uh, Counselor Camera talks about saving the facade and putting a, a deck out behind it so everyone in the community can use that deck on right there on Linden Street. Great idea. So, Paul, so as Counselor Camera is wrapping up what he has to say, now Paul needs to talk again. Let's, I wonder what Paul's going to, let's, let's try to guess what. Is he going to add to the conversation again now that he complained that nobody told him anything? Let's find out what he's doing. So I kind of feel like, I mean, what we could do is reinforce the facade and put a deck and sitting area out in the back that the whole street can use for their events. And uh, I just, I mean, if there's $27,000 for a complete demolition, could the $27,000 cover that kind of a... Oh, well, right now, no. Let's. Why aren't you talking about demolishing the building? I came here tonight to, to talk about tearing this thing down. I didn't come here to talk about, talk about putting up a, a patio and saving facades. We're supposed to be voting on destroying this thing or not. We need to, we need to either level it and have nothing there but a sloping lawn, or we need... Well, there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing else. Okay, well, let's see what let's see if Paul what Paul is saying. That's, I hope you can investigate that kind of stuff. To, to finish my point, my point, I'm I'm, I'm open to uh, putting getting keeping that facade and to finish your point. What point? You're not finishing your point. The point that you had before is that and you weren't blaming anybody, but everybody's screwing up because they're not telling you about this vote ahead of time. But having something there, but I think uh, as these things develop, especially when it's uh, it's such a, an important topic and a, a topic that we've talked about many times. And the fact that you got burned once and... and you got burned once? You, you, did a, you did something really... You got, you, City Council did something really not smart. They, they allowed someone to start tearing apart an historic building on the hottest street in Geneva, a street that not, is getting literally getting national and international attention for the restaurants and the the other establishments on this street. It's a place now. It's a it's a go-to place. And one of the buildings is Paul wants to tear down a building that uh across the street from from all this action from some of these restaurants. So their view will be the parking lot. In my view that um the communication to the city council to to know that these discussions are ongoing, I think, is important. We know that you think that's important. How many times do you need to say this? Are you? What is your? What is the end game here, Paul? Noted. I just, so you said noted. Want to uh, also say that? Uh, oh. Well, what do you have to say, uh, Councilor Eddington? I think city council should be kept in the loop. Really? You think people should be kept in the loop, do you? Uh, we shouldn't read it in the newspaper before we come to a council meeting or whatever. Yeah, yeah. People shouldn't. 
People shouldn't read stuff in the newspaper when someone should have told them about it in the first place, should they? Gordy. What's the matter, Gordy? Are you a little insulted that somebody didn't keep you in the loop on something? Um, it, you know, that's, again, I'm not putting any blame on anybody, but... Oh, yeah, that's very telling. Nobody getting the... We're not going to put any blame on anybody. Ugh. That's irony, right? Is that what it's called? Let's keep us in the loop. Yeah, we'll keep you in the loop, Gordy. So for 20 years, you knew full well that hundreds of people had yards that were contaminated with hazardous levels of lead and arsenic. You knew that. That was your job to know it. And you didn't tell anyone. And then when people found out, you lied more than once. And to this day, the last thing Gordy Eddington said about why he didn't tell people that their yards were contaminated with high levels of lead and arsenic, the last thing Gordy Eddington said was that the DEC wouldn't allow him to say it. It's right in the contract. I'll show you the contract. Take a look at the contract. Guess what? Everybody looked at the contract. It's not in the contract. And at that point, everybody in city council stopped talking about anything related to that. But guess what? It's still, that's the last thing that Gordy Eddington, the city, told the Foundry residents. Now, they're doing things now that are helpful, and the remediation's happening. But the last thing anyone was told is that something that was shown and proven to be a lie. The DEC said, no, it was not in the contract. And anyone can read the contract. It's not in the contract. Gordy lied. And so did Matt Horn. And now Gordy Eddington's going to speak up because he wasn't given information that he thought he should have gotten. Uh, we went through a battle with 305 Main Street several years ago uh, that, you know, I don't want to see that happen again. That wasted a lot of... You don't want to see that happen again. It was a historic building... And people in the community wanted to, to discuss something other than demolishing it. You know, I don't want to see that happen again. That wasted a lot of time and a lot of money. And it was... Wasted a lot of time and a lot of money. It allowed the community to explore whether or not the building should be saved. But Gordy, Gordy, you made money off of the demolition of that building. You were paid thousands of dollars for your asbestos services shortly after you retired as DPW director. After working as DPW director, you told everyone the building needed to be torn down, and then they made plans to tear it down. Then you retired from the DPW and used your personal business to come in, and the city gave you the contract, and you made thousands of dollars off the demolition of 305 Main Street. Why are you even talking about this? You have, you have, you're, also, you're clueless about how shady and how ridiculous and how ironic this looks. Do you have no idea? He has no idea, right? Believers, let me know. Let me know what you think. Does he have any idea how, does he have any idea how tone deaf and how obnoxious he sounds right now? And it was determined that the only solution by everybody's party was uh, to demolish the building, unfortunately. So let's hope that we don't go that route. What, taking your time? This, it's, it's a, they're asking to take an extra few weeks. What is your hurry to demolish the building? Are you going to make money off it or is somebody you know going to make money off of it? Or are you just trying to, to impress everyone with your experience of seeing this happen in the past? You pushed for 305 Main Street to be demolished and then you made money off of it. For this one, I'd love to see a facade also. So a few minutes go by. 
couple other counselors talk. I don't know. Jason said something, and then Paul, Paul had something else to say. Uh, when that FLCC project was being considered, there were four options put out to the city of Geneva, and they all had a monetary uh, component to them. So there are four different choices, not two, not demolishing or uh, saving the facade was, was one of the options. They ended up spending a little more money and saving the facade. That, that wasn't the original um, proposal. So there were four different options presented at the uh, projects committee into the city. So what is your point? What I, I I wonder where he's going with this. What is your point? So that too. So you want more possible? Uh, no, I. Yeah, you. So you want? So Ken Cameron asked him. So you want more possible uh, possibilities for what to do with this Linden Street building? Is that what you're asking? You want possible? Uh, no, I not just one alternative. No, that's several. The FLCC is old news. I like what they did. I'm glad they saved the facade. <laughs> what? So you want more ideas? No, 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 no. I'm not bringing up I'm FLC. I don't want to talk about FLCC. That's old news. Why are we talking about FLCC right now, Ken? I don't want to talk about FLCC. That's old news. Let's move on. Let's let's talk about what's going on right now. Because I don't want to talk about I don't I'm not interested in going back to the past talking about FLCC. Why are you talking? What, what do you mean FLCC? Why not? No, that's yesterday's news. I'm glad they saved the facade. And I'm a I'm in favor of, of saving everything we can on Linden, but also it'd be nice to know what's going on. That's all. Jeez. <laughs> what is what is going? What is wrong with him? I'm not being. I'm, I'm in, and you know, people think I'm. I might be picking on him too much, or I'm. I'm spending too much time and focusing on him. How many times? How many time? How much time is he going to spend berating? people for not keeping him informed on something why is he the only one that's really i mean gordy had a problem with it too which is rich but why is paul what, what is paul's problem with this well anyway they're gonna vote uh, clerk call a roll on the resolution please aye aye paul voted for it anyway So next up was a vote on a resolution related to another blight property at 251 Reed Street, and then another resolution related to changing the uh, boards and commissions appointment process. So Sage Girling gave out a flow sheet to all the counselors with the, uh, the new appointment process, something they've been discussing for months, and Paul D'Amico had something to say. Um, I do have a question. As a liaison to the planning board, Paul has a question in his in his uh, role as the liaison to the planning board. Um, and we agreed to ask um, current city members to be part of the process. Um, every year on the planning board, there are three members that have their terms expired. And would we be asking the six members that are? Uh, that still have time left on their terms to participate. Would, who would who would call them? Who would call the additional um, applicants? And who's going to coordinate um, the interviews? So I think that's important to know too. Hmm, I wonder who's responsible for all of that. 
And the question is, as liaison to the planning board, who's going to be responsible for all of these uh, uh, things that need to be done? I understood it to be the liaison, but I'm not. That was good, wasn't it? Ron Alcock knows. Okay, Doris, can they I initiate? Oh, they're going to ask Doris. Um, when there's vacancies and openings, I initiate with my office, two of the liaison. And I can schedule a location for that person, but the back and forth part, I think that would fall in responsibility for the liaison. Okay, so so Doris is going to do what she's always done, which is taking the taking the request from people who want to be on a board or commission, and then it's going to be uh, the responsibility of the liaison. Okay, so so I can work. So I can work with you, and we can make it happen. Okay, thanks. Oh, good. Oh, so I can work with you. Yeah, the, Paul's good. He turns that around instead of being him looking misinformed. He turns it into a win to where he's happy to be able to collaborate with someone, to work together. Because that's what Paul does. He wants to work together. Except with Sage. With Sage, he wants to berate her and try to make her look bad. Next up was a discussion regarding the Linden Street seasonal closures. Uh, long story short, the seasonal closures for Linden Street, where they close it on weekends, on Friday nights and Saturdays and parts of Sundays or whatever. It's going to remain exactly the same way it was last year after a long discussion, after a discussion by council. The original resolution was amended. Uh, another resolution re regarding the local health officer, uh, then a uh, discussion of establishing the local law for a community aggregation program in the city of Geneva, which is related to uh, pricing of utilities uh look it up on the city of geneva website uh to learn more uh, it's a little more than i'm able to go into on this podcast and a resolution uh about sales of equipment and supplies uh resolution establishing the public hearing for the lake tunnel solar village uh public hearing for sale of public property 62 grove street the spot with uh the beautiful sidewalks uh it's a, a vacant lot with absolutely fantastic sidewalks as you know if you read the blog next up were the appointments to boards and commissions and there was a vote to reappoint joe camesso as the chair of the zoning board of appeals the only vote against the reappointment was councillor valentino and a few minutes later councillor camera had a question now it's important to note that the wife of joe camesso is on the planning board so it's a husband and wife, one on the zoning board and one on the planning board, which kind of looks a little, it would have the potential uh, optics of being a conflict of interest. And Ken Camera happened to notice this, uh, but maybe a little too late. Okay. Mayor, can I just, I, I have a question. Because um, I think I might want to change my vote on the, uh, on Joe Camesso. It's too late. You can't change it. Yeah, it's too late to change your vote, Ken. But anyway, what? Why did you want to change your vote? Nice try, though. Nice try, the mayor says. Nice try, though. <laughs> nice try, Ken. I was thinking of it is that both he and his wife are serving on two different... Okay. You know... Oh. You sure you want to bring this up, Ken? ...boards that are related. 
Okay, thank you. Uh, next, move to public comment. Oh, okay, thank you. Uh, let's go to public comment. I've never seen Mayor Alcock in such a hurry to get, get the public comment. Now, we don't want to, we can't really, I'm not going to let you even complete your sentence, Ken. That's enough. That's enough about that. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, no, 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 no. So after public comment were council reports. So the council reports segment begins with Gordy Eddington. He talks about what's going on with the planning board, the college livability task force. And uh, then he has a question about a list uh, where he can get a list of houses set to be demolished by the city. And we start council reports with Councilor Ken Camera. Okay. Um, I'll try not to take too much of your time, but I... we'll see about that. Actually, this uh, uh, prepared statement he's about to read takes uh, a little over four minutes. Not too much of your time, and that in his entire statement takes about twelve minutes. I'm sure, like all the rest of you, you've all been touched by the, you know, the shooting down in uh, uh, in Florida, and. Uh, so I have a statement I want to read uh, related to that. Um, just uh, spending hours gathering up facts and figures and research that show that the proper regulation of firearms. Okay. Now here's, here's the thing. It's okay to have a discussion on gun control, on violence in schools. These are, these are important discussions to have as a nation and even on a local level. But at a city council meeting, council reports is when counselors would report out on Efforts they've been involved in with the city, the things that are going on in their wards, questions from constituents, concerns from constituents. Reading a four-minute statement on gun control, if Councilor Camera wants to make a statement to the world about gun control, can he? He's he's a counselor. He could write up a. They, he's been he's been in the Finger Lakes Times before. Or I'm sure they let him. I'm sure they put it up on Finger Lakes One if he wants to put out a press release or something like that. I don't know if Ken has a large number of constituents who were calling him for the past month saying, Ken, please, at the next city council meeting, please, can you make a statement on gun control and let everyone know where you stand and we stand? It's, it's, it seems I understand where he's coming from. He wants to use his, his position and his platform to talk about something that's very important to him. But it's, and come on, whether you agree or, with it or not, it's a Geneva City Council meeting. So after Ken's uh, gun control speech, uh, he spoke about the solid waste, uh, solid waste plans locally and countywide, and uh, then talked about Seneca Lake, um, HABs, the uh, harmful algae, algae blooms, and some other uh, things about the lake. He, he finished up with about a 12-minute council report. Next up was Jason Hagerman. He spoke... Uh, completely about the Business Improvement District, the BID, what they've been up to and they're um, raising money for the lights and their uh, annual dinner there that they have. Next up was Councilor John Grieco. He spoke about uh, uh, what's going on with the Aid to the Handicap Committee. Then he wanted to, he felt very strongly about talking about the snow removal program that's uh, going on in Geneva right now. Uh, recently, in the past, I don't remember when it was, uh, before this winter, city, uh, the city started a, a pilot so people who wanted to be notified of uh, the snowplow schedule, snowplow emergencies, you can opt in and get text or email notifications. In the absence of having the notifications, if you don't opt in, all you need to do is follow what the street signs say. They tell you when and where you can park 
which side of the street. So the notifications would help people uh, as a remind would give them reminders, so there wouldn't be as many tickets being written and not as many uh, uh, residents feeling uh, put out by that. And this was this was already discussed with Councillor Greco when the pilot was started that. Even if you didn't opt in, you just had to follow the rules on the street signs. So, Councillor Greco uh, still had something to say about this during his council report. But there is a question I'd like to ask. Uh, our last snow removal. Uh, how is this new system going? I mean, is it working out? Or uh, I heard they had a tow almost 30 or so cars away the last time. And I don't know how many cars they had a ticket because the cars were just sitting there. And a lot of them were just plowed in by our plows because I don't know if they didn't get the information or if they just didn't care. Or if they didn't read the street sign. They didn't read the sign that tells you when and where you can park. If you read the sign, you're not going to get a ticket. You're not going to get plowed in. It has nothing to do with the, the text and email notifications whatsoever. But if my car was towed away and I didn't get the information, I'd like to know why. Well, if you didn't get the information, that meant that means that you didn't read the street sign. If your if your car was towed away. And uh, I just learned we've had two snowstorms, so I'd like to have a report on how it went for our next meeting, please. I'd like a report of how many cars were towed altogether, and how many tickets were written. Yeah, when you're not, when you're not, if you're not too busy, Sage, can you compile that? Or Adam, or Doris? Can you get Councilor Greco a report? And we're not out to make money on this, I don't think. I think we were out to try to help. Yep. Okay? Yep. All right. Yeah. Well, keep in mind that if, if they're obeying the, the road signs, they shouldn't have any issues whatsoever. Yeah. Just tell me, but... <laughs> Jason Hagerman, you know they that you know what that's called in in uh, like basketball terms. That's called getting dunked on. It's called getting posterized. Jason Hagerman just and you hear Greco's response. Oh, that was so awkward. Oh, I have to hear that again. I don't think I think we were out to try to help. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. Yeah. Well, keep in mind that if, if they're obeying the the road signs, they shouldn't have any issues whatsoever. Yeah. Just telling you, but... <laughs> right. So if they're Just telling you. Being <laughs> the street sign. Street signs are what we. Right. They don't do that. It means anymore. they're exempted from that. But if they follow the street signs, then they're fine. You can't have two different things. They're supposed. Yes, you can. It's working. Supposed to notify them, but if you got street signs that says all of the parking, but the people aren't notified of a snowstorm. They're not going to do the all in that parking. They're going to park. Right. Because that's the way the thing, the resolution read, right? Am I right? Well, we'd have to, they have to opt in to be notified, correct? They have to opt in. When they come to pay their ticket, they do get Everybody notified. has computers. Well, then. Oh. This is a city councilor. Then, the, the, uh, as I recall, then, then if you didn't opt in or you couldn't be notified in any other manner, then you should follow the, the street sign. Right. 
If I was a street sign judge, I have zero problems. Right. That, yeah, that's... Uh, that's the one I well, recall. I you, a lot of people in the city are confused on this thing, so... Well, people are confused. Nobody's confused. People aren't confused. One of Grico's friends had to get a ticket. Something happened with somebody he knows. Somebody on Avenue B got a ticket. Right? Why is he Why is he so wound up about this? I think we have to straighten it out a little bit better. Uh, we can't have two different things. I think we ought to have one. That well, uh, was I, I working fine it. before. Before this winter, before that, it was working fine. We didn't have that, a lot of that problem. All right, I don't, I don't know what to say. And uh, all of a sudden, now with this big change, because a few people had to get up and move their car on a nice day, uh, to me, that's, you know, changing the whole thing for that is not, not worth it. But, yeah, just to just, follow up, if you don't mind, John. I've heard a lot of positive things, and I think the communi communication has been pretty good for those that are... Even Paul D'Amico. Even Paul D'Amico's going to chime in and tell his old friend, John Grieco, that he might not be completely on the mark with this one. Aware of what, what, is, what is happening, but even the people that... Um, are parking in the street where it's typically not allowed um, and they're doing this and there is you know there's no snow removal needed um, there should should also be some common sense from the people you know to uh, put your car in the driveway if we're, if it is snowing or if you anticipate a storm so I'm not sure if the, the amount of towings is more than it would have been last year without the ordinance but I'm, I hear positive things about the new ordinance. People feel like they have a little more versatility and flexibility and the uh, uh, notices are getting out pretty good for, you know, through the city and I think it's spreading that uh, we do have the new rules and I think it's a positive thing from what I do so far. Well, I'll use Avenue B, for example. Never okay. There we go. So we're going to use Avenue B for an example. So let's take Let's take any, I don't know, let's just pick a random city street, for example, and, and talk about what's going on there. So, any name a street in Geneva, any, I don't know, uh, even a street in Ward 6, let's say, I don't know, maybe, mm, I don't know, Avenue B? Let's just, let's just throw that one out there, Avenue B, the street that John Greco lives on. And John Greco is legendary for rarely saying much of anything in city council meetings unless his neighbors on Avenue B are complaining. I'd like to hear how many times he's actually mentioned Avenue B during a city council meeting as compared to every other neighborhood and street in Ward 6. So let's take Avenue B for an example. You could never park in the wintertime on Avenue B overnight. So now they do. Okay. Now... Are they breaking the law, or can they do it? They can do it unless they there's do it. unless okay. there's okay. snow. If, they alarm, if they're not notified, the snow comes up. They get ticket, mm -hmm. but they've got to opt in in order to get that notification. So if they don't opt in, then don't park in the street. A oh, long, awkward pause. Next, I just do my opinion. Okay. I've made complaints, so go ahead. That's all I got. Okay. Oh, this isn't to... I don't want to pick on a city councilor who has years of experience 
someone who is respected for their years of serving on council. But that doesn't matter if you're not being the counselor that people need you to be. I've had people say to me, you shouldn't pick on John Greco. You know, he's, he's been around a long time and he's kind of the counselor that he's, he likes being the deputy mayor. He likes going to events and that's kind of how, that's kind of the kind of counselor he is. A city councilor is not, it's not a ceremonial position. It has meaning. You're voting on multi-million dollar budgets. You have a lot of responsibility to a lot of people. You're shaping the way the city is going to look for the next, who knows how many years, permanently. You're making permanent decisions about quality of life in the city of Geneva. And if you're ignoring the actual facts of a new set of rules so you can come to city council and waste time and take the time and take the time of the people and take the time of city council to sit there and complain about something that you're completely wrong on, you need to be called out on it. And people need to notice that. And people need to note it. This is the Geneva Believer Show. And next up, we have Councillor Paul D'Amico. Councillor D'Amico? Yeah, uh, there was uh, no uh, uh, LDC meeting today at noon. Uh, the planning board meeting I was not able to attend, and I did get a report from Neil, but uh, I forgot what the issue was that was on there. I, I, think, it, I think it was the pod for, the, uh, for conversation. So, uh, and they Paul didn't make the meeting. But Neil told him what happened at the meeting, but he forgot what it was. He thinks he thinks it was something, but he forgot what it was. Councillor D'Amico also talked about a zombie house in his ward and planning board interviews. Next up was Angelina Marino. She talked about the uh, neighborhood association activities, the livability task force, the coffee hours she had coming up, the budget academy she went to. She even suggested that uh, the city do uh, another academy, which would be the fire academy, uh, so people could learn about uh, how the fire department operates. Up next was the mayor, who read a thank you letter from the Salvation Army for uh, food donations that were made. The going away party for Matt Horn at Club 86. People were asked to bring non-perishable food items, and it was given to the Salvation Army, So they, and the Salvation Army sent them a letter thanking uh, thanking the city for those donations. Next up was Sage Girling, acting city manager. She talked about the city manager search, service line lead tests being offered to residents, news about the Welcome Center on the lakefront, and she reiterated that the city uh, appreciates any feedback on the winter parking uh, notifications program. Next up was city clerk and also acting city manager Doris Myers. And that's all, Doris. I'll pass it off to you. Uh, Did you hear Mayor Alcox's little remark there? He looked at Adam when when Sage said next up is Doris. He looked at Adam and said, ladies first. And that's all, Doris. I'll pass it off to you. Uh, Um, I just wanted to give you a community contact update. On February 10th, um, one of our subcommittees held their youth conversation with police. That was a great success. About 45 youths were in attendance, and there will be a follow-up to that event um, sometime in the summer. We covered the February 10th Youth Police event in uh, the last Geneva Believer Show podcast, so go back and check that out if you hadn't heard it yet. Uh, so Doris said that the uh, the event was a success. Um, it's great that she's given a report on the community compact as Councilor Grambling was not at the meeting, and usually he's the one who 
gives uh, compact updates. There's also, they're also talking about having a um, similar um, form with adults, so an adult conversation with our police and they want to do that sometime this fall. So they're going to do a, an, a, another event, they're doing an event for youth and police, another youth police dialogue event in the summer, and then in the fall, there's going to be one for adults. Seems a long way away to me. So we'll look um, for details on that later. And I just want to remind everybody that the fair and impartial police training that was scheduled for tomorrow, Thursday and Friday, has been postponed due to an unforeseen emergency with the uh, trainer. I have just been given dates toward the end of April, but I don't want to give the date until it's become actually confirmed. So we'll look for details on that. That will be posted um, everywhere. So we're looking forward to that again and hope he's healing now on that. As Paul said, um, we are always looking to engage citizens for, the, um, for our boards and commissions. We currently have openings for the Agent Handicap, Recreation, Shade Tree, and Human Rights Commission. Um, I'm also in the process of canvassing for the Board of Ethical Review. There are, it's a three-member um, uh, committee, and there are three vacancies. That's, uh, that's interesting, folks. Uh, listeners out there if you are uh if you follow geneva believer the blog the podcast you know that things happen in city government that are ethically questionable at times the board of ethical review has three openings so if you're uh if you're interested in in being a part of a board that can actually help dictate to the city government what is an ethical path is some important position. So uh, if you're interested in it, uh, I suggest you contact Doris. So um, if anybody is interested in um, applying for that, they can come see me at City Hall. They're also going to apply online. And um, I'll be scheduling interviews with City Council next few weeks. Thank you. And finally, Adam Blowers uh, took his time during council reports to talk about the city's climate smart community certification and that's going to wrap it up for this podcast thanks so much for listening i hope you found it found the podcast to be uh, interesting entertaining eye-opening let me know what you think uh visit the contact page um contact me on facebook leave a comment on facebook thanks so much for listening until next time believe Thanks for listening to the Geneva Believer Show. Go to GenevaBeliever.com and enter your email address on the homepage to receive updates for new stories and podcasts. If you have comments or suggestions, use the comment page on the website or leave a message on the Geneva Believer hotline at 315-577-3770. If you'd like to support Geneva Believer, visit GenevaBeliever.com and click the support button. And as always, anything you can give to help the blog and the podcast is deeply appreciated. Until next time, believe. Stay a believer. I plan to stay a believer. I met a friend of mine the other day. He said he couldn't stay because the world was going to end at the end of May. We're made and pass, and everybody's still sitting here on the ass. With some talk, they're now waiting for the judgment day.